Everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Um, <laughs> God, I might have just screwed up my audio right there, but oh well, we're moving with it. <laughs> um, hey, we're recording a little late in the week. Um, we usually record like a week out as of the last like six months or so, but... We're recording a day out. We're recording six hours out, actually, yeah. by <laughs> our current metric. Um, but we decided we wanted to get together and uh, talk about um, PAX, PAX yeah, West, where I recently spent the weekend covering for Craft Computing. Um, I saw a lot of awesome stuff there. got to talk to a lot of game devs. Um, and not just devs, but other people in the industry, too. I uh, talked to a couple writers, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I have a full interview done with one of the key writers for uh, Moonlighters and... Uh, not Moonlighters. Moonlighter. And another game which is killing me because I can't remember the name. Same person for both? Like they did yeah, Moonlighter? Yeah, same like he's the same writer. Children of Morta, that's what it's called. Um, both published by the same studio, which is 11-bit studios. Um, but I think they have different dev teams and everything. Um, but Moonlighter was at PAX specifically because it's being released for the Switch soon. Um, and I got to do a hands-on, you know, kind of demo of that with the writer who was kind of taking me through the world a little bit. And I got to say, like, I'm way more interested in that game than I was before. Oh, dude, that's awesome. That I, I really want to pick up Moonlighter. It looks beautiful. Dude, it looks beautiful. The music is great, and the gameplay is really fun. Nice. Managing the shop is more fun than it has any right to be. <laughs> yeah, dude. How did it feel on Switch? I still haven't really played much Switch. Dude, so, yeah, my first hands-on ever with the Switch was at PAX, and I can't remember what game it was, but I played a lot of Switch demos. Um, and I got to say, it sold me. Yeah. Um, if and when I can afford it, I'm going to buy a Switch. Uh, See, that's like, I've been, so I've been playing Banner Saga lately, and mm -hmm. with my laptop, it's a convertible, and it has a touchscreen, and Banner yeah. Saga is like perfect for touchscreen game, and so I've been like sitting there playing it in bed and stuff, yeah. and it's just been so nice, like it makes me really want a Switch to have in bed, you know? Dude, and that's the thing, I didn't quite understand like how portable they were. Yeah. But they are insanely portable. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, it's a console. And it is, but uh, but it's also a handheld. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's amazing. Um, I honestly think there's a bunch of games I played I really want to get the Switch for. And not just Moonlighter, but there was other, like, um, Switch exclusives, some of which I can't remember to save my life. But... Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun getting to run around. We were there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, of course, you know, if you guys know Craft Computing, uh, it's mostly PC hardware reviews and PC peripheral reviews. Um, and occasionally other stuff, too. We did some, like, office chairs and things like that, but only because 
they have um, LED lights in them and other features and stuff like that. Um, but we decided to kind of make a move into like the indie dev space. And obviously, like, you know, I've been working with Jeff for a while. And uh, of course, um, he was a guest on our podcast a long time ago. And we talked a lot about VR. Um, and so he, you know, wanted me along just, you know, for my, my kind of, uh, input on the indie, indie dev scene. Um, and yeah, God, I'm kind of rambling here. No, dude. Uh, I don't, so, um, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, one thing that was really fun was, uh, I got to meet, uh, butterscotch shenanigans. Yeah. That's um, awesome, dude. I was dude, jealous. <laughs> yeah. That was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, we met them over at the Starbucks Roastery, which is kind of down the streets from the down the street from the convention center. And uh, I was a little worried dragging my friends from Craft Computing there because uh, I thought it was just a coffee shop, but it's also a cocktail bar. Oh, nice! <laughs> so, and they are all three of the gentlemen I was with, uh, Jeff, John, and Steve. They are cocktail connoisseurs and they said they spent like 90 minutes uh just having cocktails made i think they did like three a piece they spent a ton of money on it it wasn't cheap but they said well ask me if i'll do it again Rhett. ask me if i'd spend that much money again at that place i was like would you do it again they're like yes <laughs> i was like oh okay good so nice. they were uh they were able to do their own thing while i was talking with uh sam i mostly talked with sam and two other devs um who uh, I didn't ever get to talk to him about what their projects were, um, but apparently they were uh, loosely or peripherally aware of Game Devs Quest, which was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, I got to chat with both those devs for a while after Sam left, and that was a lot of fun. They were both from BC, so we got to uh, we got to commiserate about the smoke. Um, oh yeah, it's been really bad in Canada too. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I actually heard it was worse in, in BC than it was in California this year, which is crazy. Yeah, well, it was pretty bad in BC last year, too, and the year before, they were saying. so. And I, I guess, though, this year the fires aren't nearly as bad. It's just that they're getting a lot more smoke from us uh, oh. this year. Hmm. So I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but that's kind of what they were saying. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Dude, I got to... Uh, I got to kind of have a little hands-on with uh, Levelhead. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's dude, on it was Switch really cool. now too, right? Yeah, they're going for the Switch, I think. Yeah, um, they talked about it on their podcast, but I didn't know if they had like a demo or something for Switch. I played it on uh, on his phone, and actually, I guess I didn't even really play it. I just got to like touch it and <laughs> and that type of thing. You had it, it was like on phone Sam's in your per- hand. <laughs> yeah, it was on <laughs> Sam's personal phone. So. <laughs> dude, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what you got to do if you're going around trying to demo your th- your game, especially if it works on a phone. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I got to say, like, you know, if you guys haven't kept up with the development of Levelhead in, on the podcast on Buttersco- on Coffee with Butterscotch, I got to say, it looks so polished. It looks so great. The level editor is like, seems super intuitive and easy. I didn't really, really love straight- the premise. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> You're just this robot delivering packages. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was what was fun about it was I think that the other two devs that uh, we were chilling at the table with 
because uh you know just to make it clear like sam was already talking to these two dudes when i joined up and he invited me to sit down with them and just join in on the conversation and and I don't think that they listened to Coffee with Butterscotch or not because they were talking about stuff that, like, you hear on the podcast, you know, which I'm, I'm not going to tell Sam not to talk that I heard on the podcast. Like, that's just stupid. But <laughs> I'd be like, bro, I already heard all of this, um, which actually wasn't true at all. I didn't – most of the stuff he's talking about I hadn't heard on the podcast. So it was pretty cool. And uh, and they – but apparently they didn't listen to the podcast or something because there was a, a couple of things. Like, they were um, – hyper focused on the premise of like the package delivery thing they're like how'd you come up with that that's so cool and everything and yeah which you know if you listen to the podcast was discussed on the podcast right um yeah if you played Crashlands as well kind of yeah part absolutely of it. yeah juice box and, is a i can't remember the name of the the robot like the type of robot but that's fe- yeah, yeah that type of robots featured in both uh yeah absolutely and, uh, yeah, so that was fun. And we just talked about, like, you know, global warming and uh, wildfires. We talked about tornadoes over in the Midwest. Um, I love how you talked about global warming with them. Like, <laughs> we've been talking <laughs> well, about so them. much global warming lately. Yeah, dude. <laughs> What'd you tell them? I, got, I told them about uh, our first game jam we ever did, which was the uh, climate change game jam, yeah. of course, it, where we made the jewel uh iceberg yeah man it's <laughs> a game that you don't play <laughs> and uh and then yeah he shared a story about they made a, a global warming themed uh game for a jam one time and it was uh i i don't really understand the mechanics of it but basically you played like a polar bear or a penguin or something that was swimming uh past these obstacles to try and like stay afloat as like the sea level rose and then eventually like you would get into space but like the sea levels would just keep rising <laughs> <laughs> nice uh that's awesome their humor is like it just is everywhere in all their yeah. stuff they do it's great yeah cool man well what else did you do at pax like was um, was that kind of the highlight was catching them well, that was the highlight for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to do a couple other cool things. And I and I promised everybody that I would uh, keep up on Twitter as much as I could. And I failed that promise just because it was impossible to have service in the convention center because there were so many people. Yeah, that's a bummer. Oh, yeah. It was a huge bummer. So I posted updates when I could and I had some fun things. Um, you know, like Friday night we got there and we – we covered a few uh, hardware stories and things like that, and then we got invited to a party by Lenovo, uh, the PC manufacturer. Nice. And uh, so we went over there and hung out with people, and I got to meet some streamers, um, people who, like, I have literally no idea how they're involved in the industry, but of course they are, um, you know, they... As, uh, as somebody put it, you know, not ugly women who are... Um, playing games or doing whatever and promoting video game culture and stuff like that on Twitch and and uh, I'm not quite exactly sure what else they do but I saw one of them there the next day she was uh, streaming down at like 
God, it wasn't the Twitch booth, but they had some like gigantic ass stadium slash booth thing set up where they had like professional gamers squaring off on each other. They had people doing speed runs and then they had like different personalities coming in and out to talk and stream live oh, on cool. Twitch. Huh. And uh, yeah, one of the people that I had met and talked to at that party like was up there like with a panel of other people like talking about some game. I don't know <laughs> what it was, but I was like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> um that's so that was kind of neat. Met a yeah. lot of streamers that way. Um, met some uh, fellow podcasters from Oregon. Um, oh, yeah? Briefly, we shared a, a booth with them at this party. Uh, they're from a small podcast called uh, Game Boys or something like that. Huh. Um, I didn't really get a chance to like actually check them out as much as I should have before dropping their shit. Um, but I listened briefly, and yeah, it seems interesting. Uh, they're mostly like a co-op-themed uh, podcast. They like play co-op games and talk about it or whatever. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they're that from could Portland be and everything. Yeah, nice. I bet there's a lot um, of uh, podcasts out of Portland. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, uh, it's kind of like those things. It's like remember being in high school and like going other places and like you thought the interesting thing about you was that like you played drums yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe not you particularly but this was me is like the interesting thing about me was that i was a musician so i would say that and then everybody like eventually is like a musician <laughs> like so now i always say like when people are like well why didn't you tell them that you play guitar i'm like please everybody plays guitar right yeah i know <laughs> like it's not special uh and now it's the same thing with podcasts i think i started like i personally started podcasting before there was a uh before everybody and their dog had a podcast. I mean, I was kind of a part of that boom. Um, but now, like, you tell people that you have a podcast and they tell you that they have a podcast and you tell them that you got five podcasts and they tell you that they got ten podcasts. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's just so easy to start one. So Absolutely. And that's not? the thing I tell – I always tell everybody the more the merrier. You know, I have no – I have nothing against people starting podcasts. Um, I, You know, the more the merrier. And I think uh, – I encourage everybody who – how who's you know got some personality or whatever to uh to to start one because it's free basically so yeah um but yeah so yeah that party and then saturday was just full-blown packed day uh and you know i had a i had a mild um a mild little hangover if you will <laughs> uh <laughs> And I uh, had to go to work the next morning, and I had the first interview with the writer of Moonlighter and Children of Morta. Uh, so oh, that was cool. a little tough. And I got to say, like, dude, there were spots on the top floor of the convention center where you would stand as the hordes of people came around, and the floor would shake. And it was like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, with your hangover? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Um, and then, yeah, we had a hands-on. I don't know if uh, you remember the game Descent, Taylor. It was like a six-axis, like, spaceship shooter. Like, the name six-axis first-person shooter, basically. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, they made, like, the spiritual successor to that game, the same devs and everything, and the game is called um, Overload. And we got to do a hands-on thing with that. Jeff did a brief interview with the devs and posted it on YouTube. So that's up there right now on, on Craft Computing's YouTube channel. You can see that. Uh, we interviewed him right from the floor of PAX, which was kind of fun. Like video um, interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Craft Computing, we did we did all video stuff. So even like the interviews that will come out with me playing Moonlighter and stuff, um, 
you're going to see me standing there playing it. You're going to see some clips of footage. You're going to see the writer that I, as I'm talking to him and asking him questions and as he's walking me through gameplay elements and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was really fun. And also a fun story I've been having, (laughs) I've been telling people, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work it up into a stand up bit, but, uh, also, feel free to interrupt me with any questions, Taylor, no, I've been talking yeah. for 15 minutes now. So. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it, man. Yeah, Lo- dude. Love hearing your voice. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I missed your voice, too. But uh, <laughs> So I'm going to talk over it. Shut up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so one, one funny thing that happened to me, and, uh, you know, I, I want to preface this by saying, like, I consider myself like a very progressive individual, like politically and socially and things like that. And uh, and uh, that morning, Saturday morning, we're working from the top floor of the convention center. And uh, the only bath, there was only one bathroom on the whole top floor. Otherwise, you had to go downstairs, at least as far as my knowledge. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I'm looking for the bathroom and I'm like brewing a big one, like... <laughs> Some next level diarrhea about oh, to happen. <laughs> um, but I'm looking for the bathroom, and finally somebody points me in the right direction, and they're just like, "Yeah, it's over there, just around the corner. Head over there." And I and I do, and and without looking, I go and head into the bathroom, and all the, I realize that there's a bunch of women walking out. I'm like, "Oh wait!" So I backed up and I look at the sign, and sure enough, at the top of it, like it says "all gender bathroom." And uh, I'm like, okay, hmm, is this really all genders? Because all I see are women coming out of here. <laughs> and I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay, well, that's no big deal, Rhett. Like, you're progressive. You can you can deal with this. Not a big deal. <laughs> and so I'm like, but wh- I'm kind of looking around and I tiptoe in and like, this side of the bathroom has some nice like leather armchairs with like a coffee table <laughs> like, oh kind of near the entrance and there's like some women sitting there and then like a woman comes out of the stall and she washes her hands and as she walks past me she can tell that I'm looking around and she goes no you're in the right place and I was like oh okay um, <laughs> absolutely cool and so I pick a stall that like is kind of in the corner like away from other people but then I start noticing as I'm going that the rest of the stalls start filling up <laughs> and I'm like oh god I'm like trying to keep it under control but like I said man I was brewing some next level business <laughs> <laughs> sure as shit man uh, this <laughs> you know I, somebody's gonna call me out for being you know quote unquote self described progressive and being like did you just genderize her in an all gender uh, in an all gender bathroom but anyway what I assume was a woman uh, came into the stall next to me. And I only say that because, you know, the feet looked very feminine and they were wearing feminine shoes. So, of course, you, you know, sue me. I'm a, clearly a genderizing sexist asshole. But uh, <laughs> but I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, God, I have to be quiet. And I'm like trying to hold it in. You know how that goes yeah. like when you're in a public oh, bathroom. So, of course, like I just I just rip. <laughs> It sounds like I'm trying to start a chainsaw over there, you know, like <laughs> trying to start a lawnmower or something. Oh my god! And uh, and I'm like holding my breath, like, "Yep, they definitely heard that, but I <laughs> hope not." And all of a sudden, this little voice calls out from the stall next to me, and she goes, "Are you okay over there?" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I was like, "I'm fine, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was that was my first experience in an all gender bathroom oh, at PAX uh, or anywhere for that matter. 
Yeah. Um, they have them at I, U of O, and I've, I kind of the same thing. Like I don't. I mean, I'm fine going number one, but if I gotta go number two and like, I don't know. I'm I'm squeamish around men. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like. I, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I feel your pain, man. Well, and what was interesting about it, and just and and I think just to give people a little insight, if you haven't ever used an all gender bathroom, I will say that I found like the just the overall atmosphere to be way more pleasant than a straight like straight like a typical men's restroom. Well, I right? bet you that men at least kind of feel like they have to be more clean or something you know like you go into the right. bathroom and there's like somehow piss like on the handle of the dude <laughs> it's like yes. how i don't even know how this is possible the way i've described it and i think is a fitting description is that there is just like a way thicker air of responsibility in that bathroom yeah so it was cleaner it was more courteous than any restroom i've ever been in um, it was quieter for one, so that yeah. was kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't just have like bros like coming up high fiving each other like after a game or something like yeah, good job. It's like okay, this is this is a private place. Just go in and get it done cleanly yeah, and efficiently. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The only thing that kind of bugged me a little bit was, um, you know, I felt like there should have just been all stalls in there. Just like all stuff, you know. Oh, but there's still urinals. There was still urinals there. So yeah. clearly it's like a converted bathroom. But also, right. uh, I felt like the stalls should have like been like more modern like stalls. All the like all the way down? All the way down, right? They weren't. I think that should be a given. Like, it doesn't yeah, matter do if, it's, if it's all gender or not. Like, just do it. Right. Like, and I think it's catching on. But I think if you're going to have an all-gender bathroom that should kind of be like a thing you know what it's not like it was that bad but like i don't know you know what i mean it's like and i'm just that type of guy that it's like yeah well and if people want to talk about like like the counter argument to that is like having you know safety concerns or whatever in the bathroom well there you go like put them all the way down have a nice uh, sturdy lock on there right yeah exactly um, I can get uh, totally behind that. And then the thing that really bugged me about the urinals was, again, like they were very clean. There was no piss on the floor. So kudos to all you men at PAX on the top uh, floor bathroom. Um, but uh, what really bugged me about it was that there was not even like any wings like blocking like the overall just like <laughs> line of dongs hanging out, if that makes any sense. So yeah. there's nothing obstructing it. I don't like those kind it. of like, bathrooms. Once, well, once you came into the bathroom on that side and walked in like so of course it was slightly obstructed from the hallway but like once you came in from that side there was nothing obstructing a view of a line of dongs all the way down the (laughs) urinals which whatever i'm fine with that but like also isn't the idea isn't the idea of this to be like you know a comfortable place and grant i don't know what i don't know what the point of all gender bathrooms is i i i feel like i kind of approve of the general premise same but like shouldn't you want the guys using the urinals to like also be comfortable like i don't know again yeah i, like, I don't care about exposing myself to like do fellow dudes <laughs> pissing or whatever but it was just a little uncomfortable like when women would walk in yeah. and they can full sight of your schlongs you know so well and um, it goes back to just that safety issue like but from the flip side like 
everyone yeah. wants to feel comfortable so like even right. guys you know so like give everyone right. the privacy and i think the ones at u of o didn't have urinals they're just all you know the full stalls so that makes a little bit more sense to me i agree um, and i used the urinals like twice and then i was like ah, eh, this is kind of uncomfortable so i just started using the stalls and sitting down in them so as not to make a mess yeah um dude sitting is is great though like dude, people who bash absolutely. on sitting nah that's where it's at man just, Dude, for real. You just I've gone go, this, relax. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've gone this route for a couple of years now, and I used to be in the camp where I made fun of people for doing it. Like, yeah. But when you think about it, like the only argument or joke or like roast that you can give to a person for doing it is like a blatantly sexist like, yeah, right. joke, you know? Um, so also I, I just do it because you don't make a mess. Like there's no chance of you missing like yeah. on a bad day, no matter how good an aim you have. Like, I know, especially like when it's in the middle of the night, you're like oh, super yeah, tired. Man. Like just you don't even have to turn sit, on the lights. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, if like, if I'm in public and there's urinals available, I'll pick those instead. Cause like public toilet yeah. seats, you know, but like, I, I too like to sit in urinals. <laughs> just kidding i was trying to get set up for that joke from the nice. start <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> well you got it in there thank you i like how you just like went to pax which is like super cool especially from a game dev standpoint and then we spent the last 10 minutes talking about peeing <laughs> and no bathrooms. well it's uh because for the non-game devers that are listening this is uh this is your moment in our podcast <laughs> yeah. this is what they come for <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure dude um uh, but anyway so yeah uh what else was there at pax do you have any questions oh i got a hands-on demo with the new total war title coming out oh sweet um yeah total war three kingdoms so it's uh in the chinese three kingdoms era oh, what Nice. Yeah, there's some really cool features about it. Seems like it's going to focus a lot more on like kind of the relationship aspect. Did you ever play Romance of the Three Kingdoms with me? Uh, I think I watched you play it once, but I have played a lot of like Europa Universalis and okay, uh, so some yeah, Crusader Europa Kings. Crusader Kings. Yeah. yeah, all those are a good example of this. Where so this is apparently going to focus a lot more on like the interrelationships of like your commanders and generals and stuff mm -hmm. than it might normally. Um, which is kind of cool, and there's like distinct of uh, new features that are part of that um, that are really, really, really reminiscent of yeah, Crusader Kings, uh, Europa Universalis, and of course the uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms uh, titles from like Koei Games or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of cool. Got to nice. sit in there with uh, like one of the lead devs and also like one of their like top PR guys and just talk. Uh, you know, we got to play for like 45 minutes to an hour. Dang. That's and, cool. Uh, just, yeah, just hung out, asked questions and stuff. So, when, like, when you get all these hookups, this is because technically you'd be press? Is that right? Correct, yeah. Or, so yeah, like we had if, press passes. Okay, yeah. So, like, if some rando just went, they definitely wouldn't have the same kind of access that you had? Correct. Dang. So, how do you, do you just have to, like, go on the PAX website and apply for press passes? Yeah, gotcha. but you have to have verifiable... 50,000 subscribers to your oh, okay. content. Gotcha. Um, so we're way off. <laughs> yeah, we are way off. Now, here's the thing. Like, you and I, we could pay to go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and do all that, which is, um, you know, it's possible. And I think... If you're if you ever are going to PAX as just a person to be there, honestly, I think, like, one day is almost enough. Um, 
I couldn't imagine having spent the whole weekend there as just like a fan of games. Did you only go for a day? No, we went all weekend. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Because we were working all weekend. Like, we had appointments booked from the moment we got there till the moment we left. Wow. And I'm sure you could book appointments as a regular old person, yeah. but people were more eager to hook up and talk and exchange information. Right. Knowing that you had a platform to, like, get them out there. Yeah. Um, also, I want to give an on-air shout-out, just, like, while I'm rambling about PAX, to uh, the dudes over at Mega Cat Studios. <laughs> Dude, these guys were honestly my favorite appointment that we had. Um, and they were our first appointment at PAX on Friday morning. And... Um, I don't know if I posted anything on the Discord or not. I know I shared a bunch of pictures, maybe on Twitter. Um, but they are making old school games, but also they are manufacturing their own cartridges for these oh, games. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember you seeing that. Yeah, dude. So um, they give us a, a free copy of uh, their Sega cartridge for a game called Little Medusa, which was really cool. Um, and just talking to them, you know, I was super fascinated with how great that idea was, this idea that they are keeping old technology alive for people that are interested in it. But, you know, they were like, look, we do this because we're passionate about it, because we think it's the truest way to play these games. Um, but, like, we, we're losing money on our cartridges in a way. Like, just we can't sell enough of them and things like that, and which yeah. really bummed me out. But... Man, some of their cartridges, like they have like a, I don't know, I think it was an NES uh, cartridge for their game Little Medusas, like handcrafted and like had engravings on the cartridge. It looked so cool. They have a game called Log Jammers where the cartridge looks like a piece of wood if it's <laughs> not a piece of wood, for God's sake. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So what do you, did they tell you how much it costs to produce a single cartridge? I didn't get that out of them, but I would love to like hit these guys up and see if one of them can come join us to talk about it because that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, just overall, and they just they were super passionate about it, and they came all the way from the East Coast, and they had this little tiny booth at the Indie Mega Booth, uh, which was sponsored by. Uh, uh, I need to know. Sorry. Um, I don't. I can't remember who puts it on. I'm a huge asshole for this, but it's like one company kind of organizes it, and then they get like sponsors, so that if you are an indie dev, you can have floor space at PAX, and it's basically this big corner of the convention center, and then everybody gets this like tiny little cubicle to set up a table and and whatever else. Um, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Um, and so a bunch of the games that we reviewed and talked about and had appointments with were at the Indie Mega booth. Um, and like these guys from Mega Cat Studios, they were there too. Um, and yeah, we just had a really good time talking with them and we ended up running into them a bunch over the weekend. And again, big shout out to Mega Cat Studios. You guys can just like Google them or go on their website, megacatstudios.com, and you can see the stuff that they're making. They do, um, yeah, man. For their game Little Medusa, they have cartridges for three um, different systems. They've got an NES cartridge, an SNES cartridge, and they have a uh, Sega Genesis cartridge, I think. At least that's what I see pictures of here. Um, Did you ask them about what they're like making their games with? 
Like what game engine? Oh yeah, man. So like for their true like um for their true like 16-bit stuff, like they're uh, using um, C and assembly. <laughs> oh my god! And, and which is why they say they're losing money on it because it's actually like super labor-intensive. I bet, yeah. And that like m- even making minute changes to the game can like derail your <laughs> expected outcome by you know like weeks or, wow. or at least days. I don't know how long, but um, were they younger people? Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'd say so. Like they were, um, prob- I mean, honestly, probably our age, maybe oh, a wow. little bit older, but interesting. I just don't know. I mean, I guess some computer science programs probably make you learn assembly, but I just don't know why you would do that other than for like historical purposes. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. That's and, cool, um, uh, and also too, if you guys are interested in seeing their work, they do have games on steam and I think, Coffee Crisis is their latest one, which is one that I have a cartridge to. Um, nice. Or no, I don't have a car. I don't have a cartridge for this. I have a cartridge for Little Medusa. Coffee Crisis though is on Steam, and it's basically like an old brawler, like a side-scrolling brawler, reminiscent of Double Dragon, Battle Toads, the nice. Ninja Turtles games, um, things like that. And you're just like wailing on aliens and stuff as they are uh, coming to take your coffee or something. So. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, here the uh, the synopsis of it says uh, the Smurglian race has come to Earth, and they're not leaving until they steal our four most prized commodities: metal music, the best coffee, cat videos, and all the (laughs) (laughs) Wi-Fi. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, we should uh, we should talk to them sometime. And also, Log Jammers seems to be on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll, I might reach out. I have their contact information, and uh, it got to the point where we were running into them so much, like you know, we ha- we got onto a first name basis with them. So, nice. um, um, their other game, Log Jammers, is available on Steam as well. But, anyways, um, God, man, I could keep talking forever. It sounds like you had um, a good time, which is awesome. There was one other game, if I got a moment, uh, yeah, that I played that really blew my mind, um, and it was called Astro Nears, and it was. Um, it's available on Steam, and it's a PC game, kind of a sandbox builder. Um, a lot of people say it's everything that, like, No Man's Sky should have been from the start. And I can sort of agree with them, except I like No Man's Sky. So, um, But it is like a sandbox little game, and you play this little astronaut on this planet, and you gather resources, and everything exists in this, like, physical sense in the game. Like, when you open your backpack, you're just looking at your backpack, and you can physically manipulate the contents that are in it. Um, and everything is modular. So, like, when you go to build a car, you kind of build the car like you would uh, Legos almost. Um, and if you need to get power to charge a battery, well, you have to physically plug it into the battery. And uh, just lots of, I don't know, interesting things like that. We only got to play for about 30 minutes. And we'll have uh, some some footage of our hands-on demo for that on... Uh, craft computing's YouTube thing again, but anybody who's interested in space games like me, exploration games, also sandbox building games, uh, you might check it out. Uh, it I was pretty super cool. impressed with it. Uh, some people are saying that the game gets pretty intensive on your computer systems, which is one reason why I probably haven't bought it yet. Um, but it was one that just the art style, the whole aesthetic in general, and the vibe of the game, I... I 
almost bought it immediately when I came home, but I think I'm gonna wait and make sure I got a system that can run it a little bit. Dude, this looks super fun. I he you can like manipulate the the level around you. And yeah, just like the whole thing is pretty much physics based, it looks like. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. It looks so cool. So uh go check that out if you guys are into that type of game. Heck yeah, man. Um do you have any other questions about PAX? Because like, there's probably just a lot that I glossed over. Would you go again? Uh, yes, I would go to work again. I don't know if I would go as a video game enthusiast. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it sounds like working could potentially be more fun. I think so. And with, like, we had a big camera rig that was, like, shoulder-mounted. And, you know, we had a small camera, but we had our, our, our shoulder mount was kind of big to, so as to give the most stability and like portability to it and also durability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we dropped it, like the camera wouldn't hit anything. Um, and so like being able to stand kind of in the way of people with a camera, like made things a lot better. You know, people sort of respected the air of authority that came with having <laughs> this big old camera rig. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a phone. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely go again. And I I think, in fact, next year, next year, if uh, Craft Computing goes again, I'm going to see if maybe we can't uh, swing it so that you can come with us, too, because I think you'd have a really good time. And uh, you'd be able to talk to a lot of a lot more indie devs and things like that and just get like a little bit more uh, i think you would appreciate that even more than i did in a way so yeah um that's i was thinking the whole time i wished that you were there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was a little jealous but i knew your representing would come back with some cool stuff so yeah absolutely and that and that was fun i just loved rubbing like shoulders with with these people who were making games that i really really appreciated and of course you know getting to meet people like the butterscotch crew and and all that and just getting to you know i dressed as professionally as i could and and combed my hair every morning so that was just like you don't have to do that every day when you're just going to work so it was actually a little bit more fun in that way and and just the sheer stack of, of like business cards that I came home with for like these people's personal contact information. It's just like, it's, I don't know, it's super satisfying. It's a way to like quantify the amount of work you did. Yeah. Um, do you have a yeah. business card? I did, yeah, but it was for craft computing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dang, dude. You guys are serious over there. Yeah. When, well, whenever I gave out cards? A, <laughs> whenever I gave out a business card for, um, like when people were asking about game devs quest stuff, I just wrote, our information on the back of that business card so gotcha. hopefully that helps yeah um because there was a, there was a number of times where i i um did that so nice networking on the ground dang yeah 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 trooper yeah man wearing out shoes and uh wearing out the toilets <laughs> yeah yeah you know it <laughs> I just had to honor your contribution in I some know. way. Yeah. Although you're probably a lot easier on toilets than I would have been at that moment. But. <laughs> uh, Anything else? No, man. I can't think of it. Or you mean for the episode? For the episode? For PAX? Uh, no, man. It sounds like you had a good time. Uh, made some good contacts. Um, I can't think of anything to ask you. Yeah, I'm really sorry that I talked the whole time. One other thing, um, 
I uh, recently bought Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4. I've been playing that and had, having a ton of fun. And I did it because of the stuff I saw at PAX. Uh, they had, like, um, Daily Bugle, like, newsstands. Uh, like, you know, like, newspaper vending machines. You know those things what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, that don't really exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you'd put the quarters in and press the button and you can open it up and get a paper out. Anyway, they had Daily Bugle um, paper vending machines all around packs, and um, it's a full-on freaking newspaper um, all dedicated to stuff in, like, New York that's, like, in the Spider-Man game. So, oh, that's funny. Uh, when I saw the dedication to, like, the marketing on that, I was like, man, this game already looks so cool. I'm going to have to give it a go. So I did that. Oh, 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 one other game that you need to keep an eye out for is... Um, it's an RPG coming out called Disco Elysium. I got to talk with the devs from that. And again, I'm, I think I'm going to try and talk to them, get them on the podcast. Uh, it's called Disco Elysium, a detective RPG. And it's kind of set in this like weird alternative history, like cyberpunk, uh, like neo-noir world. Huh. Um, and I played about 30 minutes of that hands-on. We got some more footage of that on Craft Computing as well. And uh, if you guys are interested, check it out. I think it's going to be published on Steam. Oh, it is on Steam currently now. Uh, oh, so Disco yeah. Elysium, like Elysium, like the movie with that Matt Damon is in. Mm-hmm. Looks um, pretty cool. Yeah, man. Um, and I think it's partnered up with uh, Humble as well. Oh yeah, uh, which I think is how I got the invite to talk about that. What Humble Bundle is the publisher. Yeah, absolutely cool. That's cool. So that was a cool one. I just remember that because I had a freaking postcard sitting in front of me uh, from the, those devs and that was fun. I think the art direction is like really cool. We got to talk to the art director for that uh, almost the whole time while we played and it was a good time. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, man, we're kind of up against the top of our time. I th- I'm sure that uh, we can talk about some more of this next week if it ever comes up or if, anybody, if any of you guys have any questions, you can just uh, reach out and we can answer them on the podcast or talk about them on Discord or whatever. Um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, this humble bundle should be sticking around, and we talked about it in the Discord. But there's a Unity uh, humble bundle going around that I picked up, and it has like so many good games in it. Like I knocked out probably five games on my Steam wish list by picking yeah, up the dude. full pack. That like Armello or whatever is that the one that's in there? Um, Armello or no? Let's see. There's, I mean, while well, there's Shadow Tactics, which I was. Oh, I might not have seen awesome. this one. Oh, yeah. this is a new Unity bundle, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's it, not. It came out this week. It has Shadow Tactics, has Torment, Tides of Numen- Numenera, uh, Final Station, oh, yeah. Last Day of June, Oxen Wasteland 2 is really good. Yeah, Wasteland 2. So it's a good bundle. I've been playing Shadow Tactics, and did you ever play the Commandos games? Yeah, Growing absolutely. Up? I've, oh, I've played Shadow Tactics, yeah. Okay. God, it's so fun. Like, everything it, about that game brought me back to, like, seventh grade when I was playing Commandos 2. Yes. Like, it's... The way that it works is so similar, and it's, like, it's been long enough, and they chose a different enough genre, like, because it's feudal Japan or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, just hits me in the heart, man. So... Absolutely. Yeah, um, do you play that game in Japanese or English? I picked English. Otherwise, like, <laughs> I'm not going to understand it. I lost all Bro, my Japanese. they got subtitles. Oh, do they? Oh, I should have yeah. picked Japanese then. I thought they were asking me if I, like, what language I spoke, you know? when they. Oh. Yeah. I was like, English? So. Yeah. 
So what's cool also about that? Uh, so this is a new bundle. It's like the first uh, the first games look to be the same, maybe. Um, but the other one had Armello in it. They had a, like another Unity bundle yeah. like last week or something. Oh okay. Or, um, but anyway, it's got loads of assets in here, which is kind of cool if you guys are into that. Um, yeah, could uh, streamline your workflow. Um, yeah, man, just looking at some of these, that's really cool. Oh, Oxenfreed, that's that yeah. one game. It's like a point-and-click adventure, I think, that has oh, like no, a lot of something different. It's like story-driven. I don't know if it's point-and-click, but it's very like walk around the environment, click on things like talk to each other like story yeah. driven so dude you got heroic fantasy creatures full pack volume one that looks cool the gaia pack looks cool too yeah they have one that's about first person shooters uh another one about mmos i don't know yeah you guys should check this out and if you think that it's something that you want to use use our link uh we'll make sure that we put it in the uh prominently in the notes for this episode that's uh, bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble and just a little bit of your purchase there and i think the top bundle is only 15 bucks which is pretty good uh it's got all of these unity assets as well as a couple really cool games um a little bit of your purchase goes to help us and you can control that the same way that you control uh the other stuff with the sliders so if you want to give us more that's great if not don't worry about it uh we just want to encourage people to buy stuff that is going to serve them well and we i at least i definitely believe in uh these humble bundles as like a really fun affordable way to get um powerful assets powerful programs fun games uh things like that so check it out totally. let us know what you think and uh yeah also, come join our Discord. We're at bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord, and you can come join the, all the fun conversations we're having over there. Um, and if you guys want to tweet at us, you can do so. Uh, we are at GameDevsQuest. And we might not mention it all the time, but don't forget that we kind of have a home base now of sorts, and that's GameDevsQuest.com. You can always find all of the links to all of our stuff mostly. Um at uh, you know on that website gamedevsquest.com uh we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us and sorry we got to run on this one but we're already a little over what we hope to be so i think we're gonna pull the plug cool thanks for hanging out guys have a good week absolutely cue that music uh-huh